This is Kareem Kanji. Welcome. This is episode 25, featuring a long conversation uh, with uh, media and broadcast personality here in Canada, Showdown Joe Ferraro. Uh, a lot of you know Joe from uh, watching uh, Sportsnet or listening to the Fan 590 and his coverage of MMA and more specifically the UFC uh, here in Canada. And probably uh, more than anybody outside of George St. Pierre, uh, the reason that uh, MMA grew to become so popular here in Canada. So I look forward to presenting this episode to you. Hope you guys enjoy. Thanks for joining us. Live from Pacific Junction Hotel, Girth Radio in session. been to Vegas, for those listening in, been to Vegas, we started at the Mandalay Bay where we were staying, and we said, let's walk the Strip. Well, you can't walk the Strip. If you can walk the Strip, you better start at 9 a.m. It's massive. We, we finally made it to... to is it like lengthwise or just a massive it's people? It's a big illusion. You think everything is close. It's not. Nothing is everything close. Everything's so huge. Everything is so huge. So we made it to Little Caesars, but we decided that we would stop in every single casino and have a drink. That's why it took you forever. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> Number two, by the time we got to Little Caesars, you know, we should, you know, thankfully we're not driving down there. But, you know, it's our first time in Vegas, first night in Vegas. We're going to enjoy it, right? Mm-hmm. We had nothing to record until the following day at 4. And that's when I, at the time I had a Blackberry. And I just yeah, yeah, yeah. turned it around and I showed him. I said, here's an idea I've had for a very long time. And I, I pitched this to all the networks back in the day. And no uh-huh. one and everyone sort of laughed at me. And he just, you know, as... as and what year is this? This was 2008, so a year after I got hired. Um, you're doing the radio show. Doing the radio show every week. And doing you're doing the, the weekend. The weekly hits on Mondays. And then he looks at it, and he said, we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. And I was, are you serious? And we're glossy-eyed. I mean, we're just, I said, are you serious? He's like, I have a plan. I said, so do I. And we came up with a plan how we could speak to every single one of the executives at Sportsnet, from sales to marketing to communications to the president, and, and just slowly but surely chip away at them, convince them it's a great idea. Before you know it, uh, March 2009, I, re- I resigned from my position at Rogers. April 2000, I think it was April 2000. Or April, so you March still had your regular full time. Doing it all, man. I was doing it. It's just like I'm doing now. Hustling. Hustle, man. That's all I know. Yeah. And then we, were, we went on the air. It started with MMA Connected. And then the, the UFC wanted to change it to UFC Connected. Okay. And Sportsnet rebranded it, uh, rebranded all their properties to Central. It became UFC Central. And it just literally blew up from there and took off from there. So how many years, how many years were you on the radio? Uh, 2007 to 2014. Both gigs. Both gigs. Yeah, three months difference in each one. Yeah. Okay. So. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was an amazing run. 
Yeah. Can't complain. Can't complain yeah, at all. And, and, and like I said, you were, you, were, you were that voice. To me, you were that voice. More so, like for me, it was easier to catch you on the radio yeah. uh, than to watch on television. But you, you were that voice and it was like, if, if anyone needs to know anything that's going on, and not just with the UFC, yep. but, but mixed martial arts with the sport, with what's happening with regulations yep. and things like that, it was Showdown Joe. You know, and, and just yeah. that branding. Let me, well, let me ask you this. Where'd you get that, that nickname, Showdown? So the whole Showdown Joe thing started. So when I started in the, in, so I started training mixed martial arts in, in uh, 1996. And the reason why I did it was, was also for self-defense, but I wanted to fight pro. Really? I really wanted to fight. And what ended up happening is Boxing, I mixed martial arts? Everything. We did boxing, really? okay. Muay Thai on uh, Wednesdays and Fridays. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday was jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. And then we would just mix it all up in sparring and just having a great time. I realized my body wasn't able to hold up to the rigors of training. Okay. Uh, the science is different now. You know, you can, you can, you know, you should take supplements to, to heal yourself, not illegal stuff, but you can buy stuff that'll, you know, that'll rejuvenate and just whatever. Yeah. I, I was spending more time off the mats healing than on the mats training, mm. and I, I, I firmly knew that the UFC was going to be a massive product. It was going to be a massive sport in North America. No one could convince me otherwise. Like what? what like what was it about? Like, well, let me ask you this: what What drove you to want to be a competitor? Mm-hmm. And, and what, and what, and what was it about the UFC that you know this is going to be big? Just to rock, re- recap, or just to finalize that one, the, the yeah, question yeah, about yeah. how because people always ask about the showdown Joe thing. Yeah, yeah. When sorry, I realized sorry. I couldn't fight because I was just too injured, I couldn't put a training camp in, right? And plus, there wasn't that much money at the time, <laughs> right? Five hundred bucks if you're lucky. Yeah. Uh, for a fight, you got to train eight weeks at the time, six weeks, eight weeks. Um, I decided to partner up and co-found a clothing line called Showdown Fightwear. And which right. spawned into an equipment line showdown boxing, and it was it covered all the martial arts, mixed martial arts from the Muay Thai gear, the boxing headgear, the gloves, the shirts, the shorts, anything and everything. All right. And when people would go to a tournament, we would sponsor tournaments, and they're like, "Hey, I need a pair of gloves," or "Hey, I want a T-shirt," or "Hey, I want something. I want wraps." Yeah. Right? And they're like, "Go see Joe," and they're like, "Joe who?" And they would just simply point uh, to the showdown table. They're like, "Showdown Joe." Right, ah. and that's how it. And, and I became known as Showdown Joe. People wouldn't call me Joe anymore. Yeah, they wouldn't call me Joe Ferraro. They would just say Showdown Joe. And I said, I'm gonna stick with this. I think it's kind of funny. I think it's kind of cool. And it became so synonymous with me that yeah. I said, this there's a branding opportunity yeah, here. Yeah, I could yeah. really do that, right? And we just ran with it. And that's what that's how Sportsnet found out about me from the the show from from the Fan 590. And that's how Nelson Millman sort of found out about me, Showdown Joe, and took it from there. Now, why did I want to get into fighting? I've always loved. Um, fighting. I've loved human combat. I've loved to be able to sit there and look at another human being mm-hmm. or two other human beings, male versus male, female versus female, and dissect what I think how a fight potentially could go down. Yeah. And I just love the fact when I first saw uh, UFC 1 with Hoist Gracie uh, when he fought Ken Shamrock, and I didn't really know what Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu was. Yeah. I'm like, how is a skinny guy doing this to all these guys? What is this Jiu-Jitsu thing? And I just fell in love with it. I was always into boxing and kickboxing as a kid. Yeah. did a little bit of wrestling in, in high school, which was, I mean, in Canada, it just means, you know, yeah. you and I just going on the street here and wrestling. <laughs> right? I mean, there, there's good programs now. Yeah. But it was never, we don't have that history like the, the, the Americans or, or the European countries do. I just loved combat. I loved fighting. And then mixed martial arts, as it evolved in the octagon in front of our eyes, you really got to see the, the importance of knowing every single facet of the game from, from boxing to Muay Thai to distance to judo to wrestling uh, to, to jiu-jitsu to submission wrestling. Mm-hmm. You needed it all to win a fight. And then you realize, you know, in, in, in any combat area, you pit any martial arts. We know what the best martial arts are going to be. And it turned into the best martial artist is a mixed martial artist because if you go in there with one style you're going to get hurt 
right? And that's how I fell in love with it and loved it and I wanted to do it. Yeah. I wanted to fight another human being with the same experience as me. Uh, I should say fight, compete. I mean, yeah. fight is what you know we do on the street. Yeah. Um, you know, I got into street fights when I was a kid and who, who doesn't sort of sure. thing, right? You've got to defend yourself. Um, but in the in, in where there's rules involved, what are the rules? Yeah. Let's do this. So now I know you trained for six to eight weeks. Yeah. I trained six to eight weeks. The better man's going to win tonight and I know I'm going to be the better man tonight. Let's do it. I could just yeah. never get there with health. Hmm. So very interesting. And and what what was it about what the UFC was doing, um, or maybe it wasn't what they were doing. Maybe it was what was going around on, on around them in generally that you knew this is going to be big. I don't know if I could put my finger on it, Kareem. I, I don't know what it was. I just knew. Hmm. I knew. My friends would go out to clubs, and I'd be at the coffee shop with five or six magazines, martial arts magazines, <laughs> trying to read the best interviews, trying to find out where can I get the next VHS tape. <laughs> okay? Where's the next shooto event from Japan We're that I can get? We're dating ourselves here. <laughs> yeah, no, hey, listen, I'm not, I'm not afraid about my age. Yeah, it yeah. is what it is, but, you know, where can I get the, the, the latest shooto event, the latest pancreas event, the latest UFC event that's not on pay-per-view? Who has it? Where can I get it? I'll pay you. I'll, I'll, I'll trade tapes with you. Whatever it takes, can mm-hmm. I get it? And, you know, the more I would watch it, the more I would just lose my marbles thinking, oh my goodness, how awesome is this? Who is this Frank Shamrock? Who's this Carlos Newton? How do I meet him? How can I train with him? I just I just couldn't get enough. It was it was I got bit with a virus and a bug that went through my system and it's it, it never went away. Wow. I mean it's a lot less now because of how my career sort of yeah. got derailed. But other than that, it's it's I have a huge passion for it. That's why I still work for Titan because I don't want to ever let it go. Even if that's my only gig, I'm gonna still do it because I yeah. love working for Titan. Uh, fantastic guys, great fights. And, and that's it. I don't know if my career will ever get me back to, to covering the UFC. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? It just, it, I, I take it day by day and situation by situation. But I learned a lot being in the industry. You know who to trust, who not to trust. And, mm-hmm. you know, the one, the, one of the best things I learned about being in the industry is I can pick out a snake oil salesman in the snap of a finger. I know if you're BSing me right away. Interesting. And I, my, my, I'll just leave. I'll just say, thanks. for thank, I'll pay for your drink. I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. That's very interesting. Um, I wanted to I, w- I want to get to what you're doing with Titan. Yeah. Um, but I'm very curious because, like, I don't know. Was it, Like I mentioned before, to me, you were the voice. And to many people, you're sort of the face of, of the sport yep. in this country. Um, you know, I, I, probably as much as some of the fighters are, right? I've, yeah, I've got stories about that. It's crazy. You yeah, know, I hear you. And and so I'm curious, like when your deal with Sportsnet came to an end. Yeah. Um, opportunities at TSN, opportunities at UFC Canada, or UFC head office. I, I'm curious, what what? To me, it's like you're an asset to the sport, to the industry. Um, take me through some of the, if you're able to talk about it, I don't know. Yep. Take me through some of these discussions, some of the things that, that happened that you're not, you're still involved with Titan, but you're not involved at where people would see you on a regular basis. Correct. Um, uh, I contacted TSN right away. Uh, I was given permission by Sportsnet right away to contact them. Yeah. Um, I was going to choose my words carefully here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it just didn't work out. Yeah. Sure. Um, I, I'm, I can't speak on behalf of TSN. That's yeah. that's. I don't work for them. I don't know. I was just told that uh, it's not something they're interested in doing, mm. like Sportsnet was doing. Uh, I was also told there's no budget. Um, but the various party that I should be speaking with mm. would never return my phone calls, would never return my emails. Yeah. And the person that was kind enough to do so 
uh, who I did some I did do, I did due diligence on everyone I need to speak to at Sportsnet, and yeah. the person that would return uh, my calls and my emails, uh, his reputation is absolutely stellar. Mm. Uh, and I could tell just by the way he would call me or he would return an email within, I don't know, like a day, if that. And and there was one party who just would never, as to this day, mm-hmm. uh, what we, we're May 2nd, May 3rd, 2016. Yeah. I first contacted them in January of 2015. I've never, I've yet to receive a reply. Interesting. So, and I quickly asked. So I did. I asked more questions about the various parties there, and I was told, "Look, he, he he's never going to call you unless he leaves. You're, you're not, not getting a call." Crazy. And I said, "Well, there goes my career in Canada." Are they doing anything about MMA, like at TSN? Uh, to my, well, I'm not going to lie to you. I haven't really watched a UFC event uh, probably since August of 2015. Yeah. Last year, uh, it's just disheartening. It's it's tough for me to watch. Mm. Very difficult for me to watch because when you love some, it's it's, it's it reminds me. You know, you know your music. I, it reminds me a lot of um, Dr. Dre's sort of career. You know, he had, he had a great song with N.W.A. called "Hello," mm-hmm. and he basically said, "I started this gangster." Yeah. S H I T. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we can swear here. I probably won't. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Right. I started this gangster. Yeah. Bleep, and this is the mother bleep that I get. Yeah, you know. So to me, it's like I, I helped with a lot of people, with a lot of people around me, and people that I work with. We started this in Canada. Yeah, you know, and I, I helped get it onto a mainstream network. I helped build the sport in Canada. Yeah, uh, I, and a lot of people helped. I, I never take full credit, but I also, you know, there was a reason why there was fifty-five thousand people in the Rogers Center. Yeah, a lot of it was the UFC marketing machine, but the fans were watching a specific show, reminding them who's fighting on the card, recapping and stuff like that. Absolutely. Um, even if it's a small credit you know i believe that i did enough to say you know what give this guy a chance yeah yeah. and i never got that Hmm. and so the whole thing with with like you said i'm an asset you know i believe i'm an asset because i can i've obviously got a fairly good social media following Mm -hmm. not in the hundreds of thousands but i've got you know people will will want to tune in Yeah, yeah and i felt that i could bring a lot to the table and really help the network the new network take the pro- their new property to the next level mm-hmm. and was just never given the opportunity. Um, and listen, they have every right, Kareem. We have to understand the way TV works, it's no different than, than your bosses here and the higher up you go. Every company has the right to operate in their own manner. Absolutely. So it didn't matter. I mean, when, when, when my deal came to an end at TSN, I had, oh God, I can't even, 200? 200 people saying, oh, you're going to be fine. People from TSN who worked there were contacting me saying, ah, you're going to be fine. We're gonna, the big guys are going to hire you there. And I said, no, no. My, <laughs> my own wife, my family, everyone's like, you're going to be fine. You're showdown Joe. Like, they're going to put you on the air. Don't worry about it. I said, well, you know, I can't go to a bank and say, don't worry about me not paying my mortgage. <laughs> I'm showdown Joe. And yeah. can, I, can I have an IOU? No, <laughs> no. you, you got to get paid. So yeah. um, 2015 was a year of, of very difficult year. Uh, it was a year of ups and downs. You get mm-hmm. that sliver of hope, and then you're like, okay, this this just bought me a week. It bought me two weeks, and then it just disappeared. And then I was dealing with Fox in the States, Fox Sports for the UFC there. And UFC Canada, forget about that conversation. Wow. I, that's just, I, I don't ever, no comment. No comment. <laughs> Anything whatsoever about UFC Canada. Uh, there's a there's a backstory to that that it's very unfortunate. And... Sometimes you just can't tell people, look, you miscommunicated, you misinterpreted what just happened. Yeah. Be a man, mm-hmm. look me in the eye, and tell me what you're telling people about me. Wow. Because that's not cool. Because 
your organization screwed up, not me. Yeah. I'll just leave it at that. And potentially could have cost me a career. Yeah. And and I was so I worked my tail off to make sure that their product looked fantastic. You know, people were calling me a UFC shill. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I said that well, you can call me a UFC shill, but I am the host of UFC Central. That's right. I'm not the host of Bellator Central or Strikeforce Central. Yeah. I'm the host of UFC Central. Yeah. And if you watch the show, I always we always talked about Bellator briefly. Yeah, yeah. We always talked about Strikeforce. But remember, the minute you change any product to other than UFC, mm -hmm. guess what the consumer and the viewer were doing? Click what's on the other network. Click. Interesting. They'll click. They'll just click away. So we have to be quick, talk about it. This guy is great. This guy's an amazing fighter. Oh, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk to George St. Pierre in about two minutes. Yeah. Keep them there, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, you're a UFC shill. Okay, fine. You can call me a UFC shill, but that was my job. That's yeah, what I yeah, had to do. Yeah. And if you ever had a problem with Dana White or someone that got caught with uh, PED use, I would question them. Yeah. And maybe I didn't argue with Dana White, yeah. but the question was posed to Dana White. Yeah. Let him give the answer. Absolutely. And then we go on the air with it. Yeah. And now you as the viewer can determine what Dana White's thoughts are. But the question was always asked. There was never a question I never asked about Dana. Mm -hmm. From unions to drug use to steroid use to the whole George St. Pierre ending. It, I was there. And I asked Dana everything that people were talking about on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, rationally, rational questions. Yeah, not yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. you know, F-bombing questions. But, sure, you sure, know, sure. But, uh, yeah, and, and the whole foxing didn't work out. Um, it, that, that, was, that was another strange one, Kareem. I, I, don't, I don't even know how to... Hmm. explain that one but I'm yeah. not moving to California I can tell you that <laughs> you know I'm, I'm a Toronto guy and I'm, you can't pay me enough to leave my son or leave my family or relocate my family yeah. so not leaving wow um, wow there's there's tons of ways that I can go here Let, let's let's go with um, let's go with Titan yeah um, when did you start like who who is Titan Titan FC is in essence if you look at so the UFC is the top dog. All right. People call it a de, a de facto monopoly. I don't believe it's a monopoly. Maybe a de facto monopoly, but they're the top dog in the industry. Sure. They did smart moves. People call them shrewd moves to become the best. So yeah. you don't just wake up tomorrow and you fight in the UFC. No. You got to fight somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So Titan is one of those organizations that is building fighters to one day graduate to the UFC. Mm -hmm. The UFC is going to cut somebody and they're not going to go to, for example, to Bellator. They're going to go to Titan. And then they can come down. So you've got this sort of, if you want to use a hockey analogy, mm -hmm. uh, it's the NHL to the AHL. Okay. Right? The AHL players are trying to get to the NHL, and the top dogs of the NHL are saying, you know what, you're too young, or you're too this. You still got to build your skills, go down to the AHL team. So there's an influx of talent going up and down all the time. So Titan is building up fighters under their roster to one day graduate to the UFC. And they're totally cool with that. You become mm -hmm. a champion at Titan, you're that good, UFC comes calling. See ya. Mm -hmm. Relinquish your belt, or we'll, you know the, the belt will now become vacant. The next two contenders will fight for it. Vice versa. Someone from the UFC, like a Steven Siler, for example, did have a nice little run. UFC cuts him, come to Titan. Now you're fighting the next top contenders. You can keep your your record going. You win three in a row at Titan. Guess where you're going? Yeah. Go right back to the UFC. So it's it's. I wouldn't call it a feeder system, although people will perceive it like that. It's an organization to keep fighters relevant, whether they're coming up as potential stars or guys that just got cut and will take it to the next level. Interesting. Yeah. And what, what are you doing with them? So uh, right now, I'm, uh, in essence, it's, it's 
anyone that wins a fight, yeah. chances are I'm doing a post-fight interview okay. in All the right. cage. All right. Sideline reporting, backstage reporting, roaming reporting. Like there was a kid that uh, Bilal Muhammad who just won the welterweight title. Uh, many people didn't think he was going to defeat Steve Carl. Well, he ha- he was. Uh, they're both Midwest guys, but Carl is a Florida-based, and Titan is now Florida-based. Okay. Um, so Steve Carl trains uh, in Florida. Bilal Muhammad's a Chicago guy. Well, he had a traveling contingent of over 50 fans family and, and stuff like that oh wow and and th- these guys were insane so i jumped in there my, my executive producer eric talent who's the uh the reason why i'm at titan says you need to get there where are they and i said they're on this side of the cage get in there i said are you crazy dude you want me to stand in front of those nutcases he's like get in there all right i went <laughs> in there can't they, they brought a camera out and in between rounds they threw to me and I said here I am with these guys they traveled all the way and they were just going nuts to the point where they had me against the um, the, the barricade yeah. and I ended off my, my, my hit with just basically saying I'm going to stop this right now because I'm about to get crushed here I'm going to hop over this railing for my own personal safety these guys are fantastic they're cheering away they're not being crazy they're not going nuts and it was an amazing time but, but that, that that's the, the vibe that you get from these from a show like Titan it's just yeah. amazing it broadcast locally in the UFC Fight Pass so it's it's globally on UFC Fight Pass interesting so who knows if they want to get a television deal again because they came from if I'm not mistaken it was CBS Sports Uh, I don't know if they're going to go back to network television I don't know how the Fight Pass deal works for organizations but either way uh, yeah it's not even a case people are like oh you're just trying to stay relevant well, I guess so, but sure. I'm having a good time. Yeah. Get to go to Florida every six weeks, every two months, Yeah, cover an event, watch some great fights, and, and have fun doing it. Sure, right? why not? So, why not? Yeah. So I'm curious in terms of... Did you see the yacht? No. Dude. I'll, I'll check out your Instagram. 162-foot yacht? Nice. It was so big. Picture your house, my house, the next three, five houses across from us on a boat. Wow. There was 40 of us on the way, 42 of us on the, on the, on the ship, on the yacht for the weigh-in. You, you didn't even notice it. It was so much room. I mean, just the high, I think it was like $15 million for the, for the yacht. Like, to rent it, it's 180000 for for My a week. My goodness. Dude, it was, it was insane. And that's Titans. Well, Titans doing well? Yeah, Titans, uh, I think Jeff Aronson, who's the owner, his wife basically runs that. And she's also a multimillionaire, just the sweetest lady you'll ever meet. And it was just like, wow, thanks for putting us on. You want me to treat you like royalty? Okay. Nice. Yeah. So, sorry, go ahead. Broadcasting. Have you ever thought about, I don't want to say the word, use the word diversify, but doing a, broadcasting in other sports? It's been something... I've tried to shun myself away from, but okay. it keeps coming up. Yeah, you're, the, you're 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 another party that just brought it up to me again. Um, the reason why I didn't want to do it is because I know UFC, I know mixed martial arts, I know Bellator, I know the sport, I know it inside and out. Hmm. It's all I've known for my whole adult life. Yeah, um, that's not to say that I couldn't do hockey, sure. that I couldn't do soccer, which is my other favorite sport, hockey and soccer. Uh, I can do baseball. I can probably do football and basketball. But me, myself, because I'm such a uh, perfectionist and so analytical, when I find something I love, I dive headfirst in. It's the only thing I want to do. I felt like I'd be a fraud if I was on the airwaves and doing a basketball pack or a a highlight pack of hockey. Well, hockey people couldn't trust me because they've known me. I can can do hockey. I'm Canadian. I can do hockey. (laughs) You know, with Italian descent, I do know my soccer. and And I watch... All kinds of soccer all over the world, from Serie A to Bundesliga to, you know, you know, with Leicester just winning the, the title in the Barclays Premier League. You know, I, I know my soccer as well. I could do those highlights. But all of a sudden, go, I play golf. I could do that. Mm-hmm. I just, but people know Showdown Joe as the UFC guy, 
Now yeah. you're doing regular sports? Can we believe this? Your branding is so strong in that one direction, right? Right. I thought about it. Yeah. But it's a different trade. It's a mm. different gig doing highlight packs and doing, you know, an anchor position. Yeah. You know, there was actually a, a Toronto Maple Leaf uh media gig for one of the for, for one of the major uh publications that was thrown my way and I turned it down. I've been I've been a born bred leaf fan my whole life. Yeah. I just again cream felt like a fraud. It's wow. not me. People know me as Showdown Joe and if it means I've got to give up my career for it, maybe I'll do it. Right? But have I thought about it more recently? Yes. But I've got some other things going on that are gonna probably take care of me fairly well. Nice. Yeah. Um let's talk about some of these personalities. That uh, that you've come across, yep. Um, George St. Pierre, yep. Best uh, middleweight, welterweight, welterweight, ever. See how much I know. <laughs> no, no, it's, you're not expected to know that, right? Some people know, some people don't. Is he the greatest welterweight of all time? So you're asking. Yeah, let's me? start there. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Really, eh? you can make the argument he's the greatest mixed martial artist of all time. That high? Yeah, very cerebral. Mm. And 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 you know everybody loses. Everybody loses, and sure. he learned from that Matt. Or he learned from the Matt Hughes loss uh, so well that he became the champion eventually. And then he lost from the Matt. He learned from the Matt Sarah lost. Uh, Matt Matt Sarah lost in Houston to once again become the champion, and then walk away from the sport. George is a very cerebral fighter. He's a better human being. Really? Much. Oh, man, what you see You've with You've had George, a chance to hang out with oh him, to interview him. Yeah. You did a big special, I think. Oh, we did multiple specials with yeah. George. Yeah, yeah. George, um, I go back with George when he was 21. He was 21 years old when we went out, when he competed against Ivan Menjivar at the UCC, Universal Combat Challenge 7. I think it's UCC 7. Mm. And that's where our friendship started. And, you know... George would text me whenever he was in Vegas. Hey, you in Vegas? Or, you know, he gave me grief one time. We were in Japan for ordering at the Tokyo Hilton, which, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, don't ever do that uh, unless you've got money to burn. Because okay. you can just simply walk across the road and get the same thing I ordered for $63 <laughs> for nine ninety nine. Wow. Yeah. Um, but George is the same. Like, if, if George was to walk by us right now yeah. and he saw me, he'd be yeah. like, he'd come in here yeah. and be like, where are you going tonight? What are you doing? Are you going home? You have to go see your son. You have to go see your wife. You want to yeah. go out tonight? You want to hang out? You want to get dinner? You want to get steak? Right? And he, that's the type of guy that he is. And and But he would talk more to you because he doesn't know you more than he would talk to me because wow. he would want to know, well, who's Kareem? Yeah. What do you do? Oh, this is yours? Oh, this is amazing. Oh, talk to me. He just loves information, loves talking to people, knows that he's a massive celebrity and yeah. you know, always has security around him to make sure he gets from place A to place B in a safe manner. But he's just a better human being. He doesn't have a bad bone, bad blood in him at all. Yeah. Right. And and I got to see a side of George that, you know, the vast majority of people will never see. And he's just an amazing, amazing guy. And I'll say this: he's taking care of me on numerous occasions, mm. whether it's at a restaurant, whether he's made an appearance at a um, uh, at a club in Vegas. You know, I'll get that text. Hey, are you guys working tonight? Are you working tomorrow? Do you want to come by? I, I've got a, I've got a, a VIP booth here. Do you want to mm. come hang out? Yeah, sure. That's whatever. Uh, George doesn't drink. Doesn't drink. I really? mean, he probably does. Yeah. But if there's a lot of people, I mean, yeah. he, he takes the labels off of water, water bottles. So people just, he doesn't want, doesn't want any sponsors that aren't sponsoring him to take a picture. Ah. And he just, I mean, I, I, I've been to, in situations where, uh, not working, yeah. Uh, totally off, like you know, off the record sort of stuff. Yeah. Where we're just hanging out, and he's not drinking. 
but he's got you know bottles for everybody in that booth. Yeah. What do you guys want? Vodka? What do you guys want? Just ginger ale? What do you want? Uh, cranberry? And he would just tell the, the the just whatever they want there. And then you know at the end of the day you got to do your due you got to do your part and yeah. you know, I'll pull up my credit card. I'll pull out some cash or yeah. George, how much do you want for this? They never made us pay any, a dollar. Yeah. Ever. Like George, this this could be like three grand, four or five grand. He's like, you're my guest. You're my guest tonight. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Do you still? You still communicate with him every so often, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got. I mean, obviously, he's doing a lot of things right now, movies and appearances and trains every single day. But because I'm not really in the industry as much, mm-hmm. I don't contact him as much as I should mm-hmm. on a friendship level. I'll just say, "Hey, what's going on? How are you?" Sort of thing. Yeah. But it may spawn him to say, "Hey, what do you think about you know this person getting caught with steroids?" And you should talk about this. Well, George, I don't really have a TV show anymore. <laughs> right. I don't bother him with it as yeah. much. Right. So you know. It, it, like I said, if I saw him anywhere around the world, I'm sure, you know, I'd try and pay for a dinner, a yeah, steak yeah. dinner or sushi, whatever. It probably wouldn't let me do it. But not at the Hilton in Tokyo. Yeah, don't. Just- don't, don't, <laughs> don't, don't. I learned that lesson. He, him and uh, Rudolph, his manager, just mocked me for days when we were down there. Oh, it was brutal. I didn't know, man. 14-hour flight. I landed. I was starving. My body clock was gone. Something. Just I, 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 Rice and shrimp is what I wanted with a coffee. I got an instant coffee yeah. with... Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Instant coffee and the, and the rice and the shrimp were kind of soggy, whatever. $63 American. Wow. Yeah, it was. Whoa, I said. Well, there goes my per diem for the day. Is he right? coming back, you think? What's I don't your, think your. So. No. Uh, the only way George St. Pierre comes back yeah. is if his ego gets the better of him. He has no business fighting anymore. He's been out for too long. Even if he's the greatest of all time, yeah, he's been out for too long. Well, maybe Anderson Silva, you can make the argument, was the greatest of all time. But he's been out for too long. Yeah. It's a young man's game. Mm why take the abuse unless you blew all that money that you made and he's made a lot of money yeah why why, why do you have to fight mm-hmm. for what to prove what to yourself i mean in that johnny does he need to prove it yeah well go ahead sorry the johnny hendricks fight yeah. that was a uh, i mean anyone that watches that fight says george was done in that fight yeah george st pierre was done before that fight started he just lived up to his contract his expectation to step into the cage and fight that evening. He didn't want to fight Johnny Hendricks because I firmly believe, I mean, he's never actually said this to me or to anyone. I mean, he may have said it to, to Faraz or whatever, but he believes Johnny Hendricks was, was taking something. Okay? And in, in essence, what he probably believed was, if the UFC isn't going to help me on this, I don't know if you remember the scandal around there, right? I remember afterwards it was a big thing. Yeah. Like to when I... He, he wanted to do VADA, and VADA isn't, reco- right. yeah, VADA right. isn't recognized by the commissions because they're independent, quote-unquote transparent. And George just said, I, I did the interview, right? He's like, I want to pay for Johnny, right? I know I make a lot more money than him, and he's going to make a lot of money fighting me, but I'm still going to pay for him. I want us two to prove that this sport is clean. We are clean fighters, unlike all these guys that are getting caught because they're making bad decisions because they're not training smart, and they're not training. You can train hard, but you got to train smart. Hmm. And when, when the whole thing turned into this big kerfuffle, he was really upset. He was really, really, he was heartbroken. He was heartbroken because, I mean, you look at some of the stories that were out there, the UFC wasn't supporting him. They said it was a scam, that, that Vada was sponsoring George because they put George St. Pierre on the front page of their site. Wouldn't you? Sure. Like, the, yeah, the yeah. biggest mixed martial artist in history is, is agreeing to do Vada. Hmm. doesn't mean that they're sponsoring him, right? So it just wow. turned into this big, huge thing. George was gone. George, in my opinion, was out. He was done. So if you look at the way he fought, he just wanted out. Yeah. When have you ever seen George St. Pierre stand and trade with anybody? He never does. No. He, when he did, he, Matt Serra knocked his head off. That's right. Okay? And he started doing it with Johnny Hendricks. Yeah. He's, he just wanted out. And that's why he... And then, you know, he got his head rattled a bunch of times. I yeah. told him he lost the fight. Yeah. I believe Johnny won the fight in, in the first round. 
You can make the argument George won the fight as well. But uh, it was it, it, it just happened, and then George was like, I'm done. I'm done. And then the text that him and I had way back, I should have saved them all. I can't believe I didn't save them all. But, <laughs> um, you know, just back and forth, it was just like the sport needs to be cleaned up. Yeah. It, can't, it can't go on like this. You know, someone I really, and, and that's what I took, really took my positioning to the next level because we lost George, right? Mm-hmm. And who's the real face of MMA in Canada? I might have been the second quote unquote sure, yeah, face. Sure, absolutely. But now we lost him. So it was incumbent on me to get, you know, really come out and say, before someone dies in the octagon, knock on wood, no one's ever died, but before someone dies in the octagon and it's because of someone, that, imagine if someone died in the octagon and it was at the hands of someone that was just jacked up yeah. on some sort of, of, of testosterone cocktail. Hmm. Then what? Bye bye UFC. Yeah. Bye 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 my career, which happened anyways. Yeah. But bye bye all sure. that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Right. And a lot of money at risk. Yeah, didn't want to be a part of it. He was a walking ATM machine that said that's enough, and he unplugged himself from the wall. Wow. Yeah. So he did well for himself Very in well the UFC. So. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Not just the UFC, man. Sponsors and everything. Sponsors. GSP Rush Fit. Uh, the, the, the DVD Gatorade, store, Gatorade, GSP TouchFit on on the on the uh, uh, was it Apple Store or whatever on 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 you can get on your phone. Yeah, all these different apps and all these different things that he's done sponsors for sure. He's done extremely well for himself, and it provided his his he's got he's got a good financial planner. Mm-hmm. He's going to be great for his kids. His kids are going to be great. So, you know, whenever he decides to settle down to hang him up. Yeah, who's um who's the next up and comer or the next Canadian to take his place. I I always thought it was Rory McDonald. No. 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 I disagree with that. And I used to say it. I completely disagree with that. There's there's nobody in Canada right now that I know of that I could see that would. Wow. Yeah. There's there's nobody. You know. I know there's going to be the hardcore Rory McDonald fans out there that yeah. will say whatever they want to say about that opinion. Sure. You want to prove me otherwise? Do you think he has what it takes to, to be champion? Um... Yes. Yeah. He has what it takes to become a mixed martial arts champion, a UFC champion. Mm. Does not have what it take takes to become a, the next George St. Pierre in terms of the face of this, the face of the sport in Canada. Yeah. He, it's not in his makeup. It's not in his mental makeup. It's not in his personality. Yeah. He's a, he's a far more reserved character. Yes. Um, and full confession, I've had my differences with Rory McDonald. Okay. So I mean, I. I Whatever. Sure. Right. So um, that's one thing I learned in this industry is you you, you don't hate people. Mm-hmm. If, if you don't if you don't get along with someone, yeah. And you no matter how hard you try, walk away, man. Yeah. Walk away if if you if you believe that this person thinks of this of you and you confront them with it and they, you know they they kind of lie to you or they they think otherwise, just walk away. Mm-hmm. Who cares? In the grand scheme of things. I go home to my son. Yeah, play hockey. We wrestle. We play with balloons. We color. We do our letters. <laughs> He's five years old. Do I really care about what some mixed martial artist or hockey player or soccer player thinks about me when I haven't done anything to them? Yeah. Who cares, right? And you know, I talked to Rory numerous times about certain things. Just no. Yeah. Just gave me the no. Not going to happen. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. Cool. Do your thing. John Jones. Is he really, really good, or is he in a division that he's too big for? He's really, really good. Yeah? He's really, really good. Johnny's well, a funny guy. What is it about him that he's reach, somebody... Just I, that reach and the, the adaptability and the fact... Yeah. He's got heart. Like a video game, eh? Heart. Daniel Cormier said it best. Yeah. He's like a video game. You're right. Yeah. Daniel Cormier said it best when Vitor Belfort broke John's arm in the first round. Yeah. He said, 
That's the guy that you sort of got to be scared of. That's the guy that wants to be a champion, who's willing to have his arm broken, not tap, find a way out, and win. That's a mixed martial artist. That's a warrior. That's a, uh, uh, you know, yeah. forget about what he does outside of the cage because John makes some makes a lot of bad decisions. Yeah. Right? But he also makes some good decisions. And sure, he's, sure. he's a good father. Yeah. Right? Technically, he's got beautiful daughters. Um, but at the same time, he, he has to, like, I mean, in the cage, he's ridiculous. He's so ridiculous. He's got that reach. He's got the, um, it's just, I'm not a joker, but he can just do whatever he wants whenever he wants. And he can take a punch. He can take a beating. Look at the the uh, Alexander Gustafson fight in Toronto. Like, wow. I mean, that just, you know, I never, ever, ever, ever. Now, I remember you thought yeah. he that he did win that one. Uh, I may have, I don't remember. That's a, I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Did I say John won or Alexander won? I think I said Alexander won. Did you? Yeah. I can, you know, could be I, wrong. you, you could yeah. be right. Yeah. 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 Doesn't really matter, but that was like, oh my god, that was. It was beautiful. Do you remember how many people used to rip? They would rip that card. Ah, Toronto's got another crappy card. That was the it's garbage. And I'm like, all right. I, I love how you people always judge fights before they happen. Yeah. And then when they happen, oh, I should have bought tickets. I had it. Well, you know what? <laughs> I, I said the UFC isn't going to come to Toronto every year. They're not going to go to Vancouver every year. They're not going to go to Calgary every year. When they do come, if you're a fan. And you feel like spending the money? Spend the money because you yeah. just never know. You never know. And now they're oh, UFC doesn't come back anymore. Well, well, why? Why aren't they in Toronto? You got now. You got a smile on your face. <laughs> it's a, just, but it's a deci- bias. It's a biased deci- opinion. Well, we all have biases. It's an extremely biased opinion. All right. Right. I mean, do I have to remove myself as a third party <laughs> to answer this? Because <laughs> no, seriously, because the UFC's heyday in Toronto and in Canada. I, I wish you would answer this question, to be honest with you, because people will take this the wrong way, okay? Is it because you're not here anymore? UFC Central. Is not here anymore. UFC Central was shoulder programming to recap all the UFC events, mm. to um, um, preview the next UFC event, yeah. to do the features on all the fighters, yeah. just like they do in hockey right now, just yeah. like they do in baseball, like they do in basketball, yeah. like they do in every single major sport that gets major attendance in this country, yeah. all have shoulder programming, magazine-style programming, or some sort of programming to recap the event. On Sportsnet Central. On, I guess you can say, TSN Sports Center. Yeah. There's nothing like that right now. It's very minimal. Hmm. Once you remove that, and you removed it... Yeah. Be clear about this. It was removed in October of 2014. You can't tell me there's no correlation with the UFC pay-per-view buys and TV ratings going down since that time. No one's talking about it. You walk down the street and you ask them, can you name me five current fighters on the UFC roster? Be uh, hard-pressed. Yeah. Yeah. They'll say Tito Ortiz, Randy Couture, George St. Pierre. <laughs> they will. Right? But when we were on, yeah. when, when my team was on the air and we were doing our thing, ah, we were promo- I tell people, so people, uh, uh, this is May 2nd, so before I went to Titans, so I'll say two weeks ago, I got into this conversation with a, a friend of a friend. And they're like, oh, yeah, I remember you know, the, all these Canadian fighters. I said, do you know how many Canadian fighters are on the UFC roster right now? And they're like, Roy McDonald. I said, there's a lot more than that. Can you name them? Hmm. No. I go, can you name some from the past? Yeah. Mark Hominick, Sam Stout, uh, Jason McDonald, and blah, 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 blah. He goes, I should see them all, all time on your show. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> right? Wouldn't it be nice to promote some of these fighters, our own Canadian fighters, so on a right. TV show yeah. so that they can get the love and the sponsorship dollars some mm. way, somehow, even though there's the Reebok deal? 
just the notoriety, the increase in Twitter followers and social media followers, mm-hmm. they don't have that opportunity right now. Right? Yeah. And there's a lot of them that when I tried to reach out to them after the show, wouldn't give me the time of day. Huh. All right. So guess what? Now you're not getting my help. Yeah. Reebok deal. What's your thoughts? Uh, doesn't necessarily bother me as much as it bothers other people, but I do understand the minute, if you're a fighter, yeah, and you were making more money before the Reebok deal with sponsorship, yeah, I'm on your side. Yeah. If you're a fighter that's going to get paid no matter what, the Reebok deal is a great deal for you. So for the most part, I don't, I, I, not that I'm in It's not perfect, I guess. It's not perfect at all. Yeah. No. As far as I'm concerned, fighters are underpaid. Okay? Mm. But it's the business model right now. And, oh, they should get paid more. They should start a union. Yeah. Don't sign the contract. Don't sign the contract. Don't mm. fight. Choose another career path. If you sign on that contract, you understand that this is your pay for the next five or six fights yeah. with the option of, of getting paid more if you become a champion or you become a contender, you get on pay-per-view. Yeah. Okay? So now it's up to you. to, to Part of it is to build your brand. Yeah. You know, you, you're talking about, you know, I was the face of, of mixed martial arts in Canada. One of the most heartbreaking things that I would experience in my career is being in a public place with some of the UFC fighters, Canadian fighters, and people stopping me for a picture, stopping <laughs> me for an autograph. And I'm not going to name any names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'd be like, thank you. You know, I'll, I'll always say yes to a picture and an autograph, but what about this guy? Yeah. He's, he's a welterweight. In the yeah. UFC, he's a middleweight. Yeah. He's a lightweight. Or what yeah. about this girl? Yeah, they're they're actually in the cage. Without them, I don't have a job. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, cool. And then they come back to me. I'm like, can you just get a picture of them? <laughs> like, you know, give show them some love. I mean, I'm sure you've watched their fights. Yeah. Right. Or you've seen my show. You've seen them. Yeah. Right. It's but that's the that's the what I try and instill into these young fighters: the power of television, the power of the media. You know, I I was in nine. You know. I think Sportsnet at the time was in 9 million homes, or it could be in 9 million, 9 million, 9 million homes at one, one point in time. But I was in people's living rooms every week. Yeah, you were. Every week. Mm-hmm. I was online every week. You need to do the same thing, I would say. Yeah. Figure it out. Whether Absolutely. it's through social media, get a PR person to get you on breakfast television, to get yeah. you on, on the news. To, they don't have, have to be. Yeah. And they don't have that option right there. now. No. Bellator. Yeah. A lot of fight. I don't want to say a lot of fighters, but it seems a lot of fighters are looking across at Bellator as an as an option now. Um, Henderson has gone over. A couple yeah. of other fighters have gone over. Uh, I think Rory McDonald. He might not have said the name Bellator, but he said he'll he's he's taking more hard stand when his contract comes up. Um, what do you think of them as as sort of the option for fighters? Is this good for? I guess it's good for fighters. Yes. Um, what I do you concur. think? I concur. Yeah. As an organization, as, as as lasting power, what are your thoughts on them? Scott Coker, uh, who runs Bellator, or at least is, is the face of Bellator. It's Viacom is what what basically makes the real decisions, in my opinion. I could be wrong, but that's that's what I'm told. Um, Scott Coker is an awesome dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've only interacted with him maybe twice, and those two times, you just know. You just know when someone's a good person. Really? Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that, that's the vibe that I got. The other thing is Rory McDonald, if I'm not mistaken, is still managed by the same manager as George St. Pierre, who also managed Gilbert Melendez. Gilbert Melendez, prior to becoming going on the tough show as a coach, yeah. had basically signed a deal in my I think if I'm not mistaken with Bellator and the UFC did match it then. Mm-hmm. So the option to make a lot of money in this sport is available if you have a good manager or a good negotiator on your behalf to go talk to Bellator. And that's what Rory's probably doing. Mm. Can't, I don't know. Like I said, I haven't really watched 
UFC and really followed it too much. Yeah. But if it's the same sort of model that was used in the past by other fighters, Bellator is an option for them. In my opinion, if the UFC... I don't think the UFC cares if Rory leaves. Just another... I don't think they care. I, I totally agree. Yeah. Look what they're doing with Conor McGregor. Or look at yeah. what's happening yeah. with that. And I don't know if you're following that. That I am, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I knew when that happened. The people were all over me about it. I'm like, what do you think? What do you, what do you think? I said, what is he, 22, 23? He's got tons of money now. He's pushing <laughs> back. Good for him. He's pushing back. But the UFC was big before Conor McGregor. It's big with Conor McGregor. And it'll likely still be big after Conor McGregor. Yeah. The UFC is bigger than any fighter. And that's what people, when, when the fighters try and push back yeah. without any other options... Now, Conor McGregor goes options. to Bellator. Yeah. Look out. He won't go, right? Because they can't pay him as much. Yeah. Well, Viacom, Viacom, Viacom probably could, yeah. but they don't have a pay-per-view model. Yeah. They could if Conor McGregor was there, right? And he's a big name, but that's what it would take, a big guy like that to go over. Not a Rory McDonald. Sure, sure. Right? You need a guy with, that can draw and can bring in a lot of attention over there. Rory has never been able to do that. No. Right? It's not in his makeup. It's yeah. not in his character. Unless all of a sudden an epiphany and a, and a, a light bulb goes off <laughs> in his head. You know, and a lot of guys get it after. I used to get fighters cream all the time when I would say, your fight's coming up. Uh, let's do a quick feature. I'll fly out to wherever, Montreal or Vancouver or wherever. Let's get something in the can that I could air ahead of time to start promoting your fight for you. Yeah. No, 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 no. Contact me after the fight. After the That's fight. not how this works, guys. Yeah. Before the fight, and then after their careers came to an end or they got cut by the UFC, hey, Joe, do you need an analyst for your show? Do you need me to come on? And I'm like, you lost, <laughs> you lost four fights in a row, man. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't know if fans want to see you. Well, let me let me talk to the bosses. The bosses are like, who? Yeah. So, well, how am I going to convince you? If you did what we were supposed to do, yeah, you'd have a bigger name. You'd have been known by the bosses at Sportsnet. Bang, you're in. Right? So a lot of these guys don't get it, but they get it afterwards. They do. Right? Uh, is he a great fighter, Conor McGregor? Really good question. Is he a great fighter? I think he's a new breed fighter. Hmm. I absolutely thrilled with his stand-up. You know, um, I like the way he, you know, he, he draws his opponent in to land the strikes. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's a, he, he should ever stand and bang with anybody. Uh, I don't think anyone should ever stand and bang with anyone, even heavyweights. It's, it's crazy to see them do it. Um, I really like Conor McGregor's style, but I don't, I don't think he's there just yet. Um, only because we really need to see more from him um, in various aspects of the game. Mm -hmm. uh, but the guy knocked out Jose Aldo. Like, it, oh, it was a lucky 20 shot. 20 seconds. It wasn't a lucky shot. He threw it. Yeah. He timed it. It's not a lucky shot. Yeah. You know, if, if, if you could train 12 weeks for a fight on specific techniques, if it lands in a fight, you know it's not lucky. No, absolutely. That's what he practiced. Yeah. Right? And that's what he practiced in that type of situation, and he knocked him out. And Josie Aldo was, you know, you could have made the argument was top pound for pound, maybe top three pound for pound at the time. Yeah. So it says a lot. Wow. Right? But I like Connor. I think there's a, I mean, he, he has the ability uh, to be a superstar. I, I don't know if the UFC or Dana or whomever is punishing him now for not being on UFC 200 because he wants that rematch with Nate Diaz. He's like, let's yeah. do it, let's do it, let's do it. And they're like, no. Now you're going to see who's boss. Right? You got to remember, you, you can push back, and I, I I like the fact that he pushed back. Mm -hmm. But there are risks when you push back. Yeah, they're the ones that can book you the fight. If you were managing him, what would you tell him? I'd tell him of taking that fight. Yeah. Right now, I also know that he lost a friend uh, in a mixed martial arts event, died. 
Uh, I don't know if it was in a fight or something like that, but it is, um, again, that's why I'm, I'm yeah, yeah. careful with what I say. I didn't really read up on it much, but, but I, I kind of got the headlines that he, he had lost a friend very close to the fight. Yeah. Uh, or very close to the time when he should have flown to do the, to do the uh, uh, pre-fight stuff, pre-fight yeah. hype, pre-fight uh, press conferences. That was bothering him. So there's, it's been an emotional roller coaster. Uh, and he also believed that, you know what, we can do this without me doing that. Well, no, it's, it's, it's part of the uh, game. You got here by doing it. And, you know, it's, it's you know, they, they don't, fighters, anybody, they, forget about fighters, hockey players, baseball players, uh, they don't realize it until their career is over. They look back and they're like, coulda, shoulda, woulda. I would have did this to make a lot more money. I wish I would have did that. You know, I, t- I, I golf with, with a variety of former NHL players and they look back and they're like, oh man, I wish I would have did this or I wish I would have did that. I'd have made a lot more money. They got money. But, yeah. You know, they look, you, you know. You, know, you and I are at an age where you look back in your 20s and 30s and be like, oh, man, what was I thinking? <laughs> oh, absolutely. What was I thinking? You know, <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm doing this, this mortgage stuff right now, which I love, by the way. Um, but a lot of this mortgage stuff that I'm doing is I'm meeting, I'm meeting a lot of financial planners. Yeah. And I'm with Dominion Lending right now, and they have a thing that's called Enriched Academy that I'm trying to get involved with. And I'm a, I'd love to be able to walk into high schools yeah. and talk to these 16-, 17-, and 18-year-olds and talk to them about money how money works and how mm. to save money and how to one day when you reach my age, yes. <laughs> you've got two or three houses. There you go. And you have another 20 years potentially if you want to retire to have 10 houses. <laughs> and it can be done. Yeah. It can easily be done. But if you start with your... I, mean, I wish someone would have came... I wish I had... What was I? I was listening to... Um, oh, I listened to this, to this other podcast in the mortgage industry. And one of the questions the guests ask all the time is, if, if you could get into that Back to the Future DeLorean and go back and tell yourself things yeah. uh, in the past. I, I, I'd go back to when I was 17, 18 and tell my things about what I know about money right now. Start saving. Open an RSP. <laughs> crazy things. Crazy things. 10% of your money. Put it away. Yeah, Little yeah. small things like that because then when you reach my age, I'm 42 right now. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, tons of money. A tip, being a dad of a five-year-old. So we just yeah. started. My son's 10. Okay. Um, his name is Cosmer. We just started Cosmer on allowance. Yep. Um, so we, we went to – my wife and I went to this talk. She's she's popular. I haven't heard for a Gail something or the other. She's on the radio. She's on TV. She does these sort of financial planning for families and sort of you know Beautiful. makes it relatable. And um, – you know, one of the things she talked about, she talked about a bunch of things, but she says, when you give your kids allowance, it's not, you know, did they make their bed? Did they clean the house? And then you give them allowance. It said, give them allowance to teach them about money so that they don't end up where you are. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So so that's what we're doing. So we're giving him 10 bucks a week. Cool. Um, she recommended whatever the child's ages, give, give him or her that much a week. And then you teach them, right? So that's what she said. 10%. You put away, and, and that's you never, ever touch money. Yeah. Uh, X percent, this is to help other people money. Uh, another percent, this is go spend it on crazy stuff money. Yeah. He, uh, another percentage, this is on save up for something. Yeah. So now my son at 10 years old, we go to the pet store, get stuff for his fish. He's looking at the dogs. How much is a dog? How much do I have to save up? Genius. So, so now he's got a goal. Beauty. Saving for that. Yep. Um, and now he knows that this, you know, this 10% here that I'm not touching, I'm not touching, you know, so we're now opening up a bank account, Beautiful. you know, that we manage for him. Yep. Um, but you're, you're totally right. You know, 
It's uh, important, man. Yeah. You know, we're supposed to end up better than our parents did. Yeah. And likewise, our kids are supposed to end up better than, yeah. than we did. But it comes from us. Yeah. It comes from us. You know, right? he's, he's my retirement plan. <laughs> right? And I, I tell people all the time, I don't care if I don't have a dollar in the bank. As long as my son's R-E-S-P, yeah. he's got money in it. Yeah. And there's money going in there. I yeah. don't care. Creep, I've lived the rock star life. I've lived it. You have. I, I know what it's like to travel around the globe. And, you know, in my younger career, my younger days, I, dude, I was, I would, I'd be careful when I say this. Let's just say I would leave the nightclub in Vegas very, <laughs> very late. Yeah. Make it back to my room. Yeah. Jump in the shower, brush my teeth. Yeah. Wash up, iron my suit, roll downstairs, cake on the makeup. Three, two, one. <laughs> Welcome to UFC Central. I, I, I've, you know, I've shook Donald Trump's hand. I've, I've. <laughs> You know, hi to Michael Jackson when he was alive. Wow. Uh, 50 Cent. Yeah. I mean, actors and, and, and actresses and just you name it. They were at UFC events, man, in the back room. That's and, right. You know, we're both. Um, there was a one popular singer. I forgot her name um, that people thought was dating George St. Pierre. We're, we're, how do you take your coffee? How do you take your coffee? Oh, I like mine just with the cream. She's like, yeah, I don't like sugar. Like popular singers, like just yeah. recording artists, right? And I've been there. You know, beautiful, loved it, loved every minute of it. But, you know, at the same time, I tell people all the time, you save your money. And I saved a, as much money as you could possibly save when I had, when I was making that good money. Yeah. To the point where I lived all of 2015 without making a dollar. Wow. Now, the bank wanted their money. Yeah. The mortgage wanted their money. So My wife and I that. had bills to pay. Yeah, yeah. And then it got to a point where it's like, okay, so guess what? You got to do something now because yeah. all that money that you had saved is going to run out. Yeah. And before it gets ugly, and I, like, I always feel like it's ugly, don't get me wrong, but before <laughs> it gets ugly. Go out and start hustling again. Start hustling. And I started yeah. hustling again. Yeah. You, so. might, you mentioned the various celebrities and stuff. Um, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Um, could he have been like massive in the UFC? Like have a really good run? Yeah. Um, yeah, you can make that argument, but Brock Lesnar doesn't have the makeup. I don't know. It's hard to answer because the guy was a wrestler, so he's got the heart to compete. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> but fighting is mm. a different beast. Fighting is a little bit different than wrestling. Mm -hmm. The reason why some wrestlers love to get into to mixed martial arts is now they can use their wrestling and hit people. And I'm sure Brock had it at the time. Yeah. I think if Brock got in at a at, at got into it right after high school or college wrestling, mm -hmm. he he could have probably been good because you can you can teach that heart. Yeah. Know, sorry, you can't teach heart. Teach the ability to be resilient. Mm. Okay. Some guys just have heart that are just woo crazy. Yeah. Diego Sanchez, like that that mm. guy is just insane. Yeah. Right. But I think Brock could have been a lot better if he actually went from college wrestling or university wrestling. To mixed martial arts right away. Um, good, good dude. Treated me like absolute gold. Yeah, treated me like gold. Could care less about some of the other media, but you know, <laughs> always because I was I was honest with him. Yeah, you know, here's what I think, Brock, and you know, he gave me a smirk when he beat Randy Couture for the title, and then when I went to go talk to him afterwards, he's like, "What do you think now?" I said, "Dude, you just <laughs> defeated one of the greatest of all time." Yeah, he goes, "What did you think of my performance?" I said, "Well, your left hand, your left arm doesn't seem to stop extending. You, you nailed him with jabs." Yeah. Like I go, you're just, you know, you're, you're, you did what you had to do. Congratulations. He yeah. said, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Right. And his manager came over, said, hi, what's ever, blah, blah, But they were, you know, it was a good guy. Yeah. But put him in the wrong situation. You don't want to mess with that dude, man. No, for sure. Yeah. He'll, he'll snap. Believe me. You, if, if I, if I remember correctly, 
like the Diaz brothers. Mm-hmm. They're very polarizing. Amazing dudes, man. Yeah? Love them. Love them. What, like, do you, what do you see that, that other people don't? Because um, people either love the Diaz brothers yeah. or they can't stand them. Two of my best interviews ever were with, with both Nate and Nick. Yeah? I got uh, 40 minutes with Nate one time, and then I got an hour with Nick one time. Mm. And Nick is one of the – It's he's a smart guy, man. When it comes to nutrition, when it comes to training – it's just because the way they word things and the way they act and the way they do certain things, mm-hmm. it's not normal to the majority of society. Mm-hmm. Okay, But I tell people all the time, have you ever walked in my shoes? Mm. Have I ever walked in your shoes? Have you ever walked in the Diaz brothers' shoes? No. That's what they know. That's mm-hmm. how they act. That's who they are. If you don't like it, who are you to criticize? Mm-hmm. Just accept it for who they are. And Nick and I have talked... Um, at length about a lot of different things, and and you know, anytime he would see me, I remember seeing him when I when I did the battleground show with um, or if you saw with Jim Ross and Chael Sonnen, it was a tournament. It was an old no. school event, back at the new school. It was a tournament, and Nick was there as a guest, um, and and we were at a um, like a local Texas uh, or sorry Oklahoma um, bar, just yeah. hanging out, whatever. A bunch of us. And he showed up, and then one of the guys from the promotion said, hey, man, we would love to sign a guy like you, and, and this, this, and that. I'm like, Joe, what do you think? I said, well, Nick's in the business of selling pay-per-views right now. Uh, no no offense. I, I know you're paying me. Yeah. But I'm going to be honest with you. And Nick just looked at me, put his arm around me, and said, that was bad, dude. You should have said that. <laughs> he goes, but it was also badass. <laughs> he goes, it's true. I yeah. no disrespect. He goes, but I'm in the business of, of, of selling pay-per-views. That's where the money is. Yeah. I'm going to do whatever I can. To, to sell it, and I'm just going to be me because it seems that me being me, yeah. being real, yeah. sells pay-per-views, and he just gets it. But the one thing that I'll never forget about Nick and Nate is if you watch some of their interviews, especially when uh, when Nick, oh man, maybe when he fought BJ or when he fought Carlos Condit, Joe Rogan after the Wayans asked him, "What can we expect on Saturday night from mm-hmm. Nick Diaz? What can we expect from you?" And his answer rung so deep within me. I'm mm. like, I get him now. Mm. He basically said, most guys will say, I'm here to kick ass. I'm here to do this. I'm going to have my hand raised in victory. I'm going to do this to him. He's going to have no shot. I'm going to knock him out in the third round. I'm going to submit him. You're going to see the best me you've ever seen before. Yeah. All he said was, I'm prepared to get my ass whooped tomorrow. I think I remember that. That's the mentality the Diaz brothers have when they go train. Yeah. They train to get their butts kicked. For five rounds or three rounds, yeah, so they can out blast you, yeah. That's how they train. Most guys are training in a way to finish fights. Yeah, these guys don't. They'll finish you. Yeah, after you've you know, they're gonna beat you. You're gonna beat them. But I can take a beating much more than you can. Yeah, I am prepared to get my ass whooped. Yeah, it just the way he said it rang into. I'm like, this is amazing. Wow. Now I get him. There, you used to have this thing on your show called Getting to Know. Yeah. You remember that? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I thought I'd bring it back to you. Thank you. <clears throat> so you've traveled yeah. all over the place. Um, your favorite city that you visited. And you can't say Toronto. I'm born and raised here, man. You're by- <laughs> uh, favorite city? You're going to get me in trouble, man. No, no. Other people are get mad at you. You can say them. Uh... Two. Can I, can I say two? You, you can say two. So this is just strictly with my UFC career. I'm going to say Vancouver. Really? Love the beauty of Vancouver. Okay. 
Um, if Tito Ortiz is listening, Orange County. But uh, uh-huh. Japan. Tokyo. Tokyo, Japan. eh? Because it was... Oh, my God. I've been in New York. I've been everywhere. Yeah. Just being in Tokyo where Pride took place, being mm. in, the, um, in the same arena of all those incredible Pride fights, but just being immersed in a culture... Um, I have a tattoo of my right shoulder. Uh, when I was a kid, I, I couldn't stand racism. I, I hated it. Mm-hmm. I used to drive around with uh, one of my buddies, Andrew, um, big, tall, six foot three Jamaican guy. Every time he would drive, we would get pulled over. Mm. Every time I would drive, we would never get pulled over. Yeah. And I'm like, what's going on here? And he's like, Joe, this is how it is, bro. This is how it is, man, he would say. Yeah. Right? Um, and I hated it. Yeah. Right? One of my best friends was, uh, uh, when we were growing up playing hockey, was a Sikh. Yeah. Right? Parminder. And he, we used to play hockey in the streets till like 11 at night till my yeah. dad came home and I'd run inside. Yeah. Um, I had best friends who were Mexican, uh, Jamaican. I just, I didn't understand race. I didn't understand racism. Yeah. I didn't understand why, why people could hate someone because of, of their skin color or their accent or why don't you just judge the person for who they are? Yeah. If they're a douche, they're a douche. Yeah. It's not to do where they're from. No, no, no. Right? So to be able to go to a culture like Japan mm-hmm. or a culture that was in Tokyo where... I am the minority. Yeah. And to get treated like absolute royalty mm. was what? 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 You guys are treated. I'm in your country. I should be following your customs. I did the best I could. Yeah. You know, when you're in Rome, act like do a Roman. Was, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do as the Romans. Women would not let you walk through the door or would not walk through the door because you, know, you hold the door for a woman. That's yeah. how I was raised. Yeah. Right. And they'd be like, no, no, please, please. And I'm like, no, you yeah. go. And they're, they, they, they wouldn't even look you in the eye. Yeah, they would just step away until you walk to the door, and I'm yeah. like, "No, come on, right?" And you know, uh, you get lost in Japan. Have you ever been there? No, oh, dude, you get lost in Japan. <laughs> and and thankfully they have uh, Google Maps. I, I apologize to Apple Maps, <laughs> but Google Maps. I wish I had it back then. Um, I would get lost because none of the writing is what we see out sure. this window. It's yeah. it's kanji. I, I don't know what that is. Yeah, is it called kanji? Oh my god, I hope it is. Um, Which also happens to be my last name. Yes. Um, yeah. So, how do I get to? to I'm trying. I remember trying to go find the shooto event. I was, I was invited as a guest, and anytime I would get to a corner, I'd look at the app, and I'm like, "This is not telling me where to go." Yeah. And I would, I would, I would kind of flag someone on high. I'm just, I'd point. Can you help me? Right. And if they couldn't help me, man, they would flag the next person walking and the next person walking yeah. and have eight, nine people all looking and, yeah, go this way. They would point that way and go and they'd kind of put four. I'm like, maybe that means four blocks and yeah. go, go, go. And, and just they would help you so much. And anything and everything I could do in Tokyo in a store, yeah. if I want excuse me, if I want to have coconut water, if I want to have anything, I would, I'd just basically have to show them a picture and they were so happy to help me. I'm like mm. I'm a, I'm I'm an Italian Canadian white dude <laughs> in Japan, and they're treating me like I am the king of England. Yeah, right. And it was just such a beautiful experience out there. Awesome. Uh, your favorite your and because you've traveled all over in Italian descent. Yeah. Um, your favorite food. I've I've got a very eclectic palate. Yeah. Um, I love. The manly man in me was going to say steak yeah. in Texas. The cultured guy in me says Japan, <laughs> food in Japan. Yeah. The proud Italian in me would always say Italian, Italian. tortellini, <laughs> tortellini with red sauce, ground beef, Parmesan cheese. Um, 
I, I don't know. I love food. Yeah. I just, you know, it makes me work out a lot more. <laughs> I can tell you that. Uh, I, got a, I got a lot of friends who are fitness models, and they're like, dude, on your, after your epic posts on Instagram with your food, yeah. your sat- your, uh, Saturday night, your Sundays should be nothing but water. Nothing, nothing but water. Spinach and water. Spinach Get that and water. all and out of your gym. system. And the gym. <laughs> and the gym. Yeah, so that, me and my treadmill, uh, we all love hate relationships. So, yeah. <laughs> Favorite UFC fighter? Current, past. Favorite. We know George isn't listening to the show right now. I'll send it to him. Please, <laughs> no. please don't. Uh, no. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll give you a, a, a coin flip on this one. Frank Shamrock and Marco Huas. I know the first name. I don't know the second. Marco Huas. Um, I remember when Michael Buffer, not Bruce Buffer, Michael Buffer announced him in the cage as the king. So his last name was Huas, which means uh, street or streets. In, in Portuguese. Mm-hmm. So they needed a nickname for him, and they called him the King of the Streets. Oh, and this one. is back when the UFC yeah. was, was before it is right now. Yeah. And the first real time that I got to see a real striker, a Muay Thai striker, yeah. to me back in the day, I mean, if you look back now, it, it's I wouldn't say rudimentary striking, but not as good as they are right now, with jiu-jitsu, luta livre, mm. with submission skills. It was the first time I got to really see a guy that could win a fight anywhere. So Marco Huas to me was was one of my original favorites, but Frank Shamrock was the epitome of of because he was the, the one of the original martial, the original mixed martial artists. One of them, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, favorite non UFC fighter. Favorite non UFC fighter? Will I say Mike Tyson? Will I say Mike Tyson? I might say favorite non UFC fighter. I'd say Ramon Decker, rest his soul. Was really good. Um, are you talking about mixed martial arts? I've never fought in the UFC, like a Fedor Emelianenko. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I loved Fedor because Fedor and I had the same body style. Obviously, he's bigger. He's bigger. <laughs> That's but, why you like. Yeah, I could be him. Yeah. No, it, it, no, because watching Fedor fight back in the day, I, I would talk to my jiu-jitsu instructors or some of my my coaches. And they would always say, yeah, this choke isn't going to work for you because your arms are short, but you're stocky. If you get in someone's guard, if you posture up correctly. Greg Jackson said it to me. Mm. He goes, if you posture up correctly, you're, you're going to throw bombs because of the way your body is built. Because I'm, I'm, I'm only 5'7". Mm-hmm. People laugh when they see me for the first time. They're like, oh, my God, you're 5'7". I thought you were 6'2". <laughs> no, I'm 5'7". Um, and I've got you know, broad shoulders, stocky. And can generate power with a low base, like a Tyson. Um, no, not like a Tyson. Let me rephrase like that. <laughs> not like a Tyson. Tweet that out. Show yeah. on Joe says he can. No, 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 no. Sort of the same body mechanics. Short mm-hmm. and, and hip movement, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, man, Tyson's a cool dude, man. Tyson is this You've the You've probably man. had a chance to meet yeah, him and chat yeah, with he's him. he's an amazing guy. Amazing guy. Just happy, happy, happy. A little can get crazy at times. But, okay, that's, so favorite non-UFC fighter. Um... I liked Mickey Ward, or God rest his soul, Arturo Gotti. Uh, anyone that showed resiliency, man. Yeah. If you can take a whooping and come back, you're my kind of guy or girl. Favorite Rocky movie? Three. Three. Or when he says, Adrian, I did it. That was <laughs> that was two? One. No, one was the, one was the draw with Apollo so probably Creed. two then. Two, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's the first time I knew as a man that I could cry. My dad would cry. He'd cry every time he watched Rocky, and that's when I knew really? as a man it's okay, it was to, okay cry. to cry. Yeah, yeah. Rocky three made him cry. He cried during Dan Severn and Hoist Gracie. Your dad? Yeah. Wow. Because he watched this little Brazilian get an absolute mauling from this monster American wrestler and then pull off a triangle choke. He cried. 
He was so happy. Was your dad ever in, in the game? Like, or did he train at all? Or was he a fan? No, no. He just, he just knew at a very young age. Two, there's two stories my dad will always tell people when they, well, many stories, but there's two that he will always tell. He, has a, he had a recording of me when I was three years old doing color commentary for the Montreal Canadiens against the <laughs> Toronto Maple Leafs and how Dave Tiger Williams started beating up all the Montreal Canadiens. So when I got, oh, was that the one who was skating all over the place? That was Eddie Shack, I think. That was Eddie Shack, okay. But no, my dad just said, you know, t- talk about the Maple Leafs, Joe, and he had this. Oh, so you'd make it up? Okay, I made up. I made uh, up okay. everything myself, and yeah. I would talk about this guy passing to that guy, and oh, he got hit by the Montreal Canadiens, and and now Dave Tiger Williams is grabbing, is over at the bench, and he's beating up everybody. And then my dad, when he, because my dad's in my, my my family lives in Italy, and my dad when he came to visit, I told him, I said, yeah, I got a TV career going on here, but he goes, yeah, I see your stuff. Let's, can I come to the studio? And he's like, let me see some of these fights. And I showed him some of the fights, and I said, he'd probably, okay. probably love this fight. And he tells people all the time, he goes, I knew Joe, Joe was going to do this from when he was three years old because he loved sports, yeah. he loved talking, he loved commentating, he had a passion for it, and he always talked about fighting. Wow. And I used to get into fights, and he'd be like, stop, <laughs> stop, stop getting into fights, it's not good for you. Greatest of all time. UFC fighter? Yeah. MMA fighter, let's say. I was going to say Anderson until he just... Got caught with the steroids, yeah, and just just messed around in the octagon too much, mm-hmm. and that Chris Weidman fight cost them twice. Uh, well, the first one for sure. I'm gonna say George St. Pierre. Awesome. As it stands right now, George St. Pierre. Let's Joe. Let's talk about um, what you're up to now. So you're, we've talked about uh, Titan FC, yeah, uh, doing work for them, um, but you've all you're a uh, mortgage broker. Agent. Mortgage agent. Broker will be in two years. Two years. uh, An agent. Um, But you've also got a couple of interesting startups as well. Yes. That I sort of sneaked around and and, and saw. So there's myteamvideo.com. Yep. And myfuturesportstar.com. Yep. Why don't you talk about, like, how did these start? What do you, where, where, where are these going? Okay. So we have a mutual friend in Chris Humphreys. Yeah. Uh, Chris Humphreys is my oldest friend. We've been, uh, we've known each other since we were 16 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came over for dinner one day. So Showdown Entertainment is my, my company. Yeah, That's my parent company. That's what I run all of my broadcasting through and, and stuff like that. Um, that'll always be. It's been around since 2002. I think, I think that's when I incorporated it. That'll always be there. Comes over one day with, his, with his, his family. His son, Matthew, is an absolutely fantastic athlete, an amazing goalie. Mm. And he came, came over for dinner. And in my room, I had my green screen set up with the camera and the lights. And uh, I was doing the videos for MMA Junkie in USA Today, and he comes over for dinner. And you know, the, the Chris, Chris and his wife Rima are early risers. They're early. They go to bed early. They wake up early. Mm. So they came over a little early than what my wife and I were used to. Dinner was done. It was still daylight, and he's like, um, he "Goes you, you want to interview Matthew? He goes, it'd be a good memory for the very first time, his yeah. first interview, and we could sort of laugh at it." I said, yeah. Yeah, "Let's go upstairs. We'll go upstairs to the room. I, I put a mic on Matthew. I had to get something for him to stand up on because it was too short. Yeah. And I started asking him random questions. Who's your favorite hockey player? Uh, and then, like you mentioned, the getting to know popped yeah. in my head. I'm like, I used to do this with the UFC guys. Yeah. I'm going to do it with him. Like, Matthew, repeat after me. My name is my name is Matthew Humphreys. I'm seven years old. I play goalie for the Newmarket Redmen or whomever it would be. And then Chris, a light bulb went off in Chris's head and went off in my head. And I started doing it and everything was fine. I said, Chris, give me, once we were done, you could just see him. Matthew was just, his eyes were just like the greatest thing ever happened to him. Yeah. It was just, oh my God, this is the coolest thing ever, Uncle Joe. Mm-hmm. All right. So I said, Chris, give me a day or two and I'll, I'll put something together for you and just you can play it on your phone or on yeah. your TV, whatever. Did it. 
edited it, sent it off to him, and all I got was OMG mm-hmm. by text. Exclamation points right across. Shows his wife she's bawling her eyes out, Kareem, just crying. Mm-hmm. Greatest gift anyone could ever give us. And I was like, what? Yeah. It's the video I edited. Yeah. Right? That same evening, Chris goes to, or that two days, sorry. So the evening they showed Rima, would have been three days after they came over. That same evening, Matthew had a hockey practice. He shows a bunch of parents. Yeah. Parents were like, how much? Yeah. Where do I get this? How much? Yeah. The following Monday or, or Tuesday, I think it was a Tuesday. Sorry, I'm just, it's, it's just, I'm just jogging my memory. Yeah. Um, Chris and I are golfing, and he's like, I have an idea for you. He goes, I know you're trying to get to, to TSN, and you're trying to get to Fox and blah, blah, blah. He goes, but we might be sit- you, might be, you might be sitting on something here. And he's like, I got these parents that want it. They want this. They want that. They want this. I said, okay. Convinced me to do it. Got all the paperwork together. Did everything. Blah, blah, blah. Went to pitch my first customer. And they said, you should think about doing teams. I should think about doing teams. What do you mean doing teams? He goes, you're going to have some parents that see this as a novelty. Some might not buy it. But I can tell you one thing, teams would be better. I said, well, let me see if I can make the numbers work. I went back, and I'm like, wait a second. Where's all my soccer team pictures? Where's all my Mm. hockey team pictures? Where's all my sports pictures? Who knows where they are? Mm -hmm. It's 2016. We have YouTube. Yeah. We have the internet. I started doing the numbers, and I said, I can do basically a team picture that talks. Every player, so the, my, my future sports star is what spawned from the Matthew thing, where it's one individual. Yeah. I do almost like that getting to know segment, yeah. and it's the cutest thing ever. You ask the kid, if, if my parents would let me have one thing for dinner every night, it would be? Yeah. Be the, the answers you get. Yeah. Chocolate chip ice cream, uh, <laughs> marshmallows baked in the oven with cream cheese. Yeah. Just like crazy things, right? It became a cute little thing. It spawned the My Team video, which is team pictures that talk. We try and commemorate your team today. Yeah. And in essence, it's the team picture. So every person on the roster gets in front of the green screen yeah. very quickly. Hi, my name is Kareem Kanji, center, number 17. Yeah. Hi, my name is Joe Ferraro, number 13, right wing. Yeah. Hi, my name is John Smith, um, number one, goalie. Yeah. So I would record that. But in the video process, what I would do is I would have Kareem Kanji first yeah. as the center. I'd do it by position. Center, you would announce yourself, your jersey number. And as you say your jersey number, I then transition to a you... Um, uh, a highlight of you playing the sport. Let's say it's hockey. Ah, okay. You on the ice, yeah. scoring a great goal. Yeah. Why? Every single parent has one of these. A Would smartphone. Love that. Yeah. A smartphone. If you record it horizontally, landscape mode, yeah. is an HD video camera. That's right. I just need you, the parent, to give yeah. me one highlight. Yeah. So I deal with the managers, and I put together a three and a half minute video. Of that team roster that day. Yeah. Now imagine we had that for Sidney Crosby, uh, 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 Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. We had that. We would have them when they played hockey when they were nine, wow. 10, 11, 12, and we'd have a documented footage online. Yeah. On the website of every single player that played every single sport. Wow. Problem with this business. Yeah. Is it's like when you're when you're it's, it's the exact same problem I had with the UC back in the day. Nobody believes in it yet. Mm. They don't understand it. They yeah. just they think it's so difficult. I'm like it's not difficult. Yeah. Just have to agree to it. And people are like, well, how much does it cost? It's going to be expensive. It's 20 bucks a player. You're paying $1,100 for your kid to play hockey. Yeah. Give me your manager's name. And when they're paying, you know, listen, I love team pictures. I love yearbooks. But when they're paying $800 for a yearbook? Wow. I don't think so. No. You can get a team video for 340 bucks. Yeah. 20 bucks a player. I'm going to come out there. I'm going to film it. It's yeah. going to get edited. It's going to look professional. It's going to go on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be an unlisted link. It's going to go on your your uh, Facebook page, which kids love their social media. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. going to go on the association webpage. Yeah. $20. Hello? 
<laughs> makes sense. It's been a very difficult sell. Yeah. Very difficult sell. I'm getting there. I got, I, I, I've kind of stepped away from it right now, but because of the mortgage stuff, by the way. Yeah. You see yourself getting back into the, I don't want to say the game, but you see yourself getting back into the MMA game like at a high level. Broadcasting, one of the big networks. No, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I learned, you know, you've been around. Hmm. Life changes. It's so true. Isn't Anything it? can happen at any yeah. time. If you'd have told me, you know, back three, four years ago that I, my career, my TV career would end, I would say no. I've, I've built my brand with integrity. Yeah. I've built myself as an asset. I've built myself as the go-to guy for UFC news for the mainstream, not the hardcore fan. The hardcore no, no, fans no, right. are going to go on side. They're yeah, going to go yeah. online. Yeah. Um, but for the for the general average Joe, no pun intended, I'm going to be that guy. And I didn't think it was ever going to end like this yeah. or, or at least come to this bit of a halt. Yeah. And then when I got my mortgage license, um, the day I got my mortgage license, sorry, let me, let me, the day before I got my mortgage Sorry. I got my mortgage license the day after was the Independent Mortgage Broker Association's trade show. Mm-hmm. And the principal broker that I work with at Dominion Lending says, you're going to come there. You, you, you know, you get to meet the lenders and blah, blah. Kareem, I got recognized everywhere. Mm. I mean, I, I was dressed up in my blazer and my dress shirts. Yeah. Right? Like I always dress when I'm in public, whatever. And I got recognized nonstop. And there was a presentation by two accountants. Yeah. Amazing presentation. Yeah. Okay. And I looked at the one guy presenting and he looked at me. And he kind of gave me that, are you effing kidding me, <laughs> look in his eye. And I looked at him, and we had trained together in 1996 and 97 oh, wow. at the famed Grappling Arts Academy in Woodbridge. After the show was over, okay, he comes up to me. I'm like, what's going on, Fab? How are you? And uh, he just he's like, you're a mortgage broker now? You're a mortgage agent? I said, yeah, I got my license yesterday. He's like, how much money did you make at sports? And if you don't mind me asking. I said, well, I'm not going to tell you how much money yeah. I made. He goes, can I ask you if it was six figures? I said, I'm pretty sure if you look at anybody who works in the TV industry <laughs> on camera, yeah. chances are they're making six figures. Yeah, he yeah. goes, Joe, was it low six figures? <laughs> I said, Fab, I'm not going to answer that question. He said, Joe, he goes, I've been dealing. He goes, our specialty is working with mortgage agents to mortgage brokers. He goes, if you were making low six figures, a guy mm-hmm. like you who people trust, and you love people, you love hanging out with people, you yeah, love helping yeah. people, he goes, you're going to make triple to quadruple the amount per year mm-hmm. than you did working in TV. Mm-hmm. And that was an eye-opener. Yeah. And then he showed me some numbers of all I really need to do and stuff like that and blah, blah. And I always said it's not about the money. Yeah. yeah. But so I, got, I kind of gave you a hint. that But I you need to pay the bills. I need to pay the bills. Yeah. So if I haven't worked since January of 2015, today yeah. is May uh, 3rd or 2nd, yeah. 2016. Yeah. If you do the math, yeah. I've lost... Potential earnings of pretty good six figures. Yeah. How am I going to make that back? Yeah, absolutely. You know, how do I look at my wife in the eye every single day and say, oh, honey, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. She knows. Yeah. yeah. It's going to, once mortgage, because she's in the mortgage industry herself. Okay. She's a She's a quality assurance analyst. She knows it's going to happen, right? But there, I, I, I've got dignity, but I've also got an ego. And yes. my, my ego is, you know what? Various television stations. <laughs> You want me back now? Yeah. Are you going to give me a six-figure signing bonus that I lost in 2015 and 2016? Mm-hmm. No, you're not. Yeah. I have the ability to make that up yeah. and a lot more by helping other human beings that were once in my situation or our age, Kareem, or older sure. with their finances to make the right decisions so one day when they retire at 65 or whenever, they are 
not rich or loaded. Hopefully they are. I, I really mm-hmm. hope they are. But not make bad decisions with their finance. I have yeah, the ability yeah. now to help people. And they don't pay me. Yeah, the yeah. lenders pay me. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I like to see. So now the banks nice. are going to be paying me <laughs> for giving me grief for nice. not paying them. Yeah. Right? Well, I've always made my wife and I've always made our payments, but you know, you, you know how yeah, banks absolutely. are, right? Yeah. So, but now I'm helping people. Mm-hmm. I'm not just in front of a, a television or t- a TV camera or a radio, uh, a microphone, and just talking about mixed martial arts or UFC. Now I can really help people. Mm-hmm. And like you said, as parents, we want to help our kids. Yeah. I have the ability to help a lot of people with their finances. Yeah. Nothing better than sitting in front of a young couple, dude, honestly. Yeah. 25, 26, they're about to get married or whatever. Yeah. And, and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to buy a, We're going to buy a one-bedroom condo, yeah. and we're going to stay there for five years. And I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. Mm-hmm. What do you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You plan on having kids? Yeah. Where are you going to put your child's crib? Mm-hmm. You want a five-year mortgage? Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Maybe you want a two- or three-year mortgage. Because if you try and break that mortgage product with a bank... Mm-hmm. Penalties. Woo, buddy. <laughs> I can get you... We can probably go with the bank still. Yeah. We can get you a product that where if you hypothetically have to break the mortgage, your penalties are one-tenth of what you would pay for a bank. Or we can port the mortgage, mm-hmm. switch it over to the next lender or to the next the property. You gotta be smart. People don't know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm gonna get five years fixed rate, but I'll, uh, no man, talk to me first. Yeah, let's get the analysis done. Yeah, right. I get to help people out because then what happens is when when as they get older, they're never gonna forget me. Yeah, and they're gonna refer people to me. <clears throat> right? Absolutely. And I can help and help and help and help. Yeah. Right. Not that I have this anti thing against the banks, Kareem. Yeah. I don't. But we don't learn this stuff in school. No, no, we don't. We don't. So true. Don't know. We don't. We're not taught about our money and how to parent. Yeah. You ever think about getting into podcasting? You mentioned that you had you used to. Podcast I had the podcast, but there yeah. was for me, mm-hmm. um, the return on investment wasn't there. Hmm. Right? I mean, could I? I mean, there was one point where my impressions, you know, social media. Yeah. Um, well, if you combined all of my social media and everything that I was doing online, my impressions were about one million a month. Yeah. And you could monetize that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have the ability to monetize it. Mm. And that's why I stepped away and said, okay, I need to make real money here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like real money that's not going to... Eh. So did what I was doing. And, and, and you know, I'm, I'm turning the corner right now. Yeah. Right? And, 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 and like I said, that ego wants all that money that I should have earned. Or yeah, yeah. I shouldn't say should have. That sounds... You could have earned. Yeah. Could have earned. It sounds yeah. elitist. But I could have earned. Yeah. Right? And I believe I rightfully should have earned because I didn't burn any bridges. Yeah, I didn't cause any problems. It just happens to be in in, in the hands of decision makers that just don't like the UFC. True, right? It's just my opinion. Yeah, could you be st- wrong. You still keep in touch with uh, the folks from Sportsnet and the fan. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, my my boss's boss, who's the VP uh, at Sportsnet, we keep in touch every so often. Yeah, and he's like, we would have you here. We, we'd have you back here tomorrow. If that yeah. deal came back to us. We'd have you back here tomorrow. He goes, keep your phone on. Don't change your number. Yeah. Keep your, your email address. Keep your social media. That thing ever changes and it comes back to us. Yeah. You're coming back on the air with us. Now, there's no guarantee. No, no, there isn't. You got to still move, right? Yeah. But there's, there's, you, you, you talk to people like that. They, they look you in the eye or they over the phone or whatever. Um, yeah. So I feel like I've, I, I will, I will always have a job if the UFC ever goes back to Sportsnet. Yeah. Right. As it stands now, it's not going back to Sportsnet. In my opinion, anytime soon, uh, I'm going to go under the assumption that the that if the UFC is going to sign a deal with a broadcaster, it's going to be at least three to four years. So we're into year two. Yeah. Let's say it's four years. Yeah. It's a while away. It's a while. The banks want their mortgage payment. <laughs> so in a year and a half from now, you got a five year old to feed. <laughs> right. A year and a half from now, if, if the projections that I have 
for my mortgage career come back. Yeah. I might actually have to tell sports that I don't know, guys. Yeah. Like, I don't want to give this up. I'm helping a lot of people, and yeah. it's it's really making my wife happy and yeah. my son extremely happy because I've not only have I paid off my son's education, he's only seven. Yeah. Right. So it's 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 it'll be interesting, but I I, I there's a loyalty in me to Sportsnet, man. If it wasn't mm. for Sportsnet, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be here today. Yeah. I would not be here today. So there you you kind of have to think about that long and hard and, mm. and have a really good conversation with them. So, yeah. And it's also sort of your love of the game as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I love those you guys. Know? Those yeah. guys are fantastic, man. Awesome. Don't get me wrong. There's there's crazy people there that I, that I, I <laughs> would never invite to my house for dinner. But for the vast majority of them, they're just great human beings, man. Just good people. Yeah. It's a different hierarchy. I shouldn't say I know what happens at TSN. I've just, it, I can only go on speculation and on hearsay. But the people that run Sportsnet have a different mindset than the people that run TSN. Yeah. And, and when I ask the people that worked at both networks, they always say Sportsnet, 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 Sportsnet. If I could stay at Sportsnet, if I could work at Sportsnet, they would do it. Yeah. And I said, why is that? And they gave me various reasons. I was like, ooh. I said, well, okay, I, I can I can work anywhere, dude. I can work anywhere and just go in, smile, put makeup on, yeah. do my hit or show, and then leave. I can do that. I'd rather not. I'd rather hang out. Hey, how's your kid? How's your yeah. wife? How's your son? How's your daughter? How's that's the type of guy that I am. I want to know about you, right? I want to know what's going on and stuff like that. If sure. You don't want to talk to me? <laughs> All right, cool. Love you. See ya. How many times do you get stopped on the streets uh, being mistaken for Pitbull? If I wear my sunglasses <laughs> and my jacket. <laughs> All day, every All day. day. <laughs> I made the mistake when I got off the plane in on, in Miami on um, uh, Thursday yeah. last week. Oh. So we got off the plane, and I was like, oh, it's bright. Put my shades on. And as I was walking through the airport, people were stopping me. Yeah. So it was crazy. You it's, ever take advantage of that? You'll sign that for you. No, we had, um, <laughs> we had TMZ follow me in Hollywood. Follow no. me. If I'm not mistaken, it was me, my producer. I think it was Jacob Clark. Oh, I think uh, he needs in. Okay. That's good. He needs it? I've locked him out. Okay. <laughs> sorry, guys. I just got to turn on the sound for the game. No oh, worries. Sorry. Oh, no worries. So, TMZ? Absolutely. Is he going to go? No, we're good. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll go back to the question. I'll answer the question. Yeah, so the whole Pitbull thing, um, TMZ followed myself. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Jacob Clark was my producer, and my cameraman may have been either Corey or Sean, but they followed followed us around team or Hollywood since. Sorry, they followed us around Hollywood for about 40 minutes, and they, at one point, they one of the producers or somebody asked, "Hey, Pipple, what are you doing here? Hey, how's your day going?" And I looked back, and I'm like, "Huh?" Right? And I remember people always stopped me. Yeah. Right? And I lifted my glasses up. I said, I'm not Pitbull. Yeah. Right? And the guy's like, oh, come on. Give us something. Give us something. I said, I'm not Pitbull. I took my glasses off. And I'm like, I'm not Pitbull. Right? And he looked closer. He goes, oh, you're not. He goes, but would you mind putting your glasses back on and just giving us something? And I said, no. That's a lawsuit waiting to happen, son. That's not going to happen. Now, we had fun. I don't know if you saw the broadcast or my Instagram or my social media. We had fun on the broadcast for Titan. Because we were in Miami, yeah, yeah. and John Morgan threw to me as Mr. 305 or Mr. Worldwide. And I said, yeah, yeah. I said, I get mistaken a lot, but I'm actually Mr. 416. <laughs> Shout out to those in Toronto or, or Canada or, or Canadian viewers. But I get it all the time, man. If I'm wearing a suit or, or <laughs> my blazer shades. and the shades all the time. It's eerie, man. Whenever he does the, the um, New Year's Eve, Times Square yeah, yeah, sort of yeah. things, my Twitter blows up, man. It blows up, and people are like, oh, yeah. Anyone ever tell you you look like Pitbull? <laughs> no. No, I've only it's been hearing happened. about it for seven years. Yeah, so <laughs> kind of cool. 
And I don't mind his music. I, I really don't mind yeah. his music. People, oh, he sucks. Well, what's your opinion? <laughs> I don't mind it. Yeah. So, listen. Thanks so much for coming in. Listen, thank I you appreciate very much for having the time. Me. My pleasure. Really, really I've appreciate. Had thank you here for too long. No, I, if you need so more, much. I can do it, man. No, no, no. no. This is awesome. Thank you very much for your time. Man. Thank you.